Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the C.L. Brown Show. I am your host, C.L. Brown, sports columnist with the Louisville Courier-Journal. This week's guest is Brandon Huntley-Hatfield. He's a junior forward with the University of Louisville's men's basketball team. Brandon's averaging 10.3 points and leads the team with 8.7 rebounds per game, which is also good for sixth in the Atlantic Coast Conference. Those numbers are both career best for Brandon, but hear from him on why he thinks he can do better. Before we get into that conversation, though, we're going to jump into a little CL Sounds Off. For all the angst Louisville men's basketball fans have experienced the past season and change, funny thing happened on Saturday in its home loss to NC State. For a few moments, more than a few moments really, the KFC Yum Center felt and sounded like the atmosphere of old back when they were competing for championships and reaching Final Fours and ranked in the top 25. The win at Miami seemed to draw more fans out and it was the best game day experience in that arena this season. Probably even going back to last season's uh, win against Clemson. And we're going to revisit that game in a minute. But before that, that brings me to this question. Would the cards pull out a few more games with better crowd support? Or do the cards need to win more games to get the crowd support? It's a classic what comes first scenario. I don't have to go back very far for examples to show that crowds help win games. Look at how the AP top 20, actually the top 10, fared last week when it was decimated after Purdue, Kansas, Houston, Tennessee, Kentucky, Arizona, and Oklahoma all lost on the road. Now, Oklahoma did lose at Kansas, so that doesn't count in this scenario, but Oklahoma also lost at TCU, which was unranked at the time. And they're ranked now because in part of that win. But you get the point. (laughs) Going on the road is tough in certain environments. And it gives the home team such a boost that all of these teams that are supposed to be the best in the land ended up losing. Now, this isn't a criticism of Louisville fans. I understand that after a 4-28 record last season, many have chosen just to sit out until things get better. There are those who have seen enough of a sample size and won't show up until Kenny Payne is out as head coach. I get it. But I also think these young cards are at a juncture where they could really use a home boost. It should be noted 
that that win last year, the upset against Clemson came when the 2013 national title team was being honored. That game in the Yum Center had an environment like none other of last year. And the win was probably the, the final strike that kept the Tigers out of the NCAA tournament, by the way. But that win was helped boosted by the crowd and the atmosphere and the buzz. Maybe they just need to bring the, uh, the 2013 national title team back out a few more times this year and see if they can't get the same kind of uh, reaction. But <laughs> I digress. Louisville absolutely could establish itself in a spoiler role for the rest of the season as a team no one in the ACC wants to play. For a story program like UofL, some will find a thought of that being a positive goal as absurd and beneath them. But if we're being realistic, where the program is right now, as of today, that's actually a step forward. I don't think I need to remind anyone the last time the program won an NCAA tournament game was actually back in 2017. So something to think about. The cards won't return home again until January 23rd, a Tuesday night against Duke. But the back half of their conference schedule is filled with home games against teams from the bottom half of the league. Wouldn't it be something if Louisville defends its home court and if the crowd has something to do with it? That's a novel concept, right? Okay, that's it for Sound Off. Next up is Brandon Huntley Hatfield. Brandon, thanks for being a part of the show. Thank you for having me. So I wanted to start with your last name because whenever somebody is hyphenating their last name they're representing two families they're representing two things i I, can you just take me behind have you always gone by both huntley hatfield um yeah i mean when i was younger i was like a little a little bit less mature and i would always like probably go with like huntley because it was my first last name um, my dad didn't like that. He always felt like I should go Hatfield because that was my last last name. People always use their last name as like the last name that they have on their um whatever they write it down somewhere. Um, as I got older, um, I just started using Huntley Hatfield. Whenever someone asks me what's my name, I always say Huntley Hatfield. I don't ever say just one, uh, one name. So I represent both of my families. Uh, uh, so uh, I use both of them. Indeed, indeed. So obviously you started off at Tennessee your first year. What what was that introduction to college basketball like for you? Um uh it was pretty surreal. Um a little bit of a learning curve. Um uh, I feel like everyone has, um, but the the speed of it was uh is what uh the, the speed, the physicality of it is what um uh, uh surprised not not really surprised me the most, but what really like um, allowed me to open my eyes a little bit more. Um, I couldn't really play at the pace that I, I would like to play at. Um, I play more of like a slower pace just so I could process the game a little bit better. Um, I feel like if, I, if I'm playing too fast, I'll make more mistakes and stuff like that. Um, so really, and just really just knowing that everyone's good. Um, um, I, I also, the physicality part of it, I play in the SEC too. And um, those like, uh, you, was, you was hit, you was getting hit at every other play. Um, you had to be strong. You had to be sturdy. Um, so that's that's really it. Um, when I play games like Kentucky and stuff like that, I play against the Sheboy. 
Um, I know what the physicality would really look like in the, in the strength level. Um, so that was uh, that was pretty good my first year. Um, but I feel like throughout the season I got a little bit more comfortable, um, a little bit more confidence. Um, whenever uh, towards the end of the season I started to end, whenever our, our players, one of our guys, one of our brothers went down, um, I feel like my confidence grew a little bit more. Um, I was already stronger. They they put some weight on me. I was already strong naturally. Um, I just like I feel like I grew into myself a little bit more. And what made you when when you decided to leave Tennessee? I mean, was was Tennessee like your dream school? You know, growing up in Clarksville. My dream school was Kentucky. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> so w when you decided to leave there, um, leave Tennessee, what what made you choose Louisville? Um, I really just I wanted to go to honestly. I wanted to go to situations. I wanted to be a star. Um, that's how I seen myself. Um. That's how I feel like my game was tailor made. I feel like I was I, I was born to be a star, uh, and that's how I see myself. Um, and I feel like what I put out, I mean, what I put out in high school is what is what got people. So I don't know if some people know, but like when I first came into college, I was I was projected top five at one point, and that's was something I feel like me my play in high school how I how I was playing. That's what made me who I was, um, or maybe maybe had people look at me a little bit differently, a little bit more. Like how they did some some other guys, um, so I just wanted to get to a situation where I could just be myself, play with confidence, um, and play play through mistakes. Um, I still um, I just wanted I just wanted the coach to um, know me um, and understand me and trust me, um, and it just also teach me every day um, how to be a pro and um, what I needed to do to to get there. Um, I feel like I found that in KP. Um, I, he's obviously had like a, his pedigree. It speaks for itself. He's had, um, he's been a part of a lot of good players, a lot of um, great elite player development, a lot of a hundred million dollar players, a lot of max contract players, a lot of all stars. Um, so I just seen that, and I feel like if um, he did it with them, why can't they do it with me? And just him, his vision on how how he sees me and what he envisions for me um, is all I needed to hear. And I just felt like I'm, I feel like now I'm starting to, I'm starting to grow into that. Um, I like I like my progression where's where where it's going. Um, so I just wanted to find a different situation where I could be myself and become a pro. Actually, move every do everything like a pro and just be trained like one. Um, so I feel like him he gave me the best opportunity for it. And it was Louisville too, first and foremost. Louisville their pedigree speaks for itself, and we're in a major uh, top five. I mean, we're in a um uh we are in a a big conference, a uh, power five conference. <laughs> We're in a power five conference. So um, that just made it all uh, worthwhile. And we always play on national stage too. Yeah. So I, I want to <laughs> dive a little bit more into uh, what you said about seeing yourself as a star. So how did you take criticism when, especially at Tennessee and then, then coming to Louisville, when people, people who also see you as a star, they saw you in high school, um, say that you haven't matched that potential yet how did you take kind of the criticisms that's come with it um um i really just take it to the take it to the chin really um i mean I, sometimes i feel like as basketball players or as athletes in general we have a little bit we all, we all have egos and we're all like in the beginning it's all why is someone saying they don't know what they're really talking about they don't know the situation and this and that um but now as I got older, I don't really like to make excuses for certain for certain performances and stuff like that. And I just sometimes you have to be truthful with yourself. Like, am I putting out 
am I what what am I putting out on the court? Is it is it the best version of myself? Am I showing people that I am a star, that I can be a star? Like, am I showing them what am I putting out? Am I am I am I everything that they thought I was gonna be? And I had to I had to take some time away and take a step back and look at it and realize that no, I'm not. Um, that just comes with it. It's just some sometimes they may not know the whole situation about why I wasn't performing how I'm supposed to or how I how I expected myself to. But I just think for me it was just all about the mental game, mental part of it. Um, I don't think anything with my abilities. I don't really think um, um, that there's no one that's really adds more talented than me or um, they're I'm less talented than them. It's all about the mental aspect of the game, and I still haven't I still haven't put it put it all together. Um, keep saying that, keep saying put it all together, but I feel like I, I am. I'm starting to figure it out. Just about like like showing my whole like. Hitting threes, I haven't hit it. I only hit two threes this year. I only shot eight of them. I only hit two of them. I, I that's the part. That's the part of my game that really hasn't translated. I feel like um, doing that. Um, really, like maybe if I have if I have a little bit more assists, like um, hitting my teammates with better passes, um, so where they can shoot it immediately instead of like hitting that, um, throwing the ball at their feet or above their head and stuff like that. Um, so just really recognizing like my performances. Have I been showing that I am a star? That I can be a star? No. Okay. So let's go back to to the drawing board. Let's go back and keep working. Um, I feel like I feel like now, like when I'm, I just made it my mind, like just be aggressive and like just shoot the shots that you work on, shoot it with confidence, um, and see where we're at. And I feel like I've shown that. I don't feel like one on one, I can't really be stopped like that. Um, and so I just want to keep riding this train. I just want to. Like just keep make sure I'm focusing on the right things when I'm just coming in play make make winning plays, um, and I feel like on the office end I'm starting to show like I can't I am a star, um, I just want to keep improving and keep having some keep having these big games and hopefully they start translating to wins, um, that's that's all that really matters. Yeah, so Coach Payne uh, obviously believes in your potential of being a star, but he says to get you there he has to stay on you constantly. What does that look like in practice? Like I, I used to cover North Carolina, Armando Baycott and Roy Williams. This is very similar to something Roy Williams said about Armando. And the button that he would push was he would call Armando soft or say what he was doing was soft. Does does Coach Payne, does he have any buttons like that he'll push with you that he knows will get under your skin and knows will bring something else out of you? Yeah, um, I, I think he does. Um, I would like to say like, Whenever he's like, I, whenever he's speaking to me, he's saying I'm doing this and I always like to say like I'm fine. Like there's no, like there's no reason for him to like to like to be on me like this. Like I'm fine. Like it's like I have like a certain play or whatever. Like that may look soft or I may like, turn the ball over. I'm like I'm fine. Like I'm good. Like he'll get on me. Like like making sure we're not having those plays or slippers like that. But like he'll probably like he said he'll he, I I don't really like being called soft because I feel like who I am. I mean I'm not. I'm not out there playing soft or scared. So I'm like, like I'm I'm basically I'm saying F that. Like, I'm gonna show you. And that that's that's when I started that that's when I started to get more aggressive. Um, um, so um, I mean, yeah, I think he he does, like he knows what he's doing. Um, but he just wants to make sure that um I'm playing hard the whole time. Um and when whenever I do have a little bit of slippers, like make sure he's getting me back on track, making sure I understand, I know what's going on um within the game, making sure I get back on point. If I'm not rebounding, make sure I'm getting those rebounds. Um, make sure I'm making strong, aggressive moves to the rim. So, um, so he he knows how to. I'm already 
amped up. I'm already aggressive, ultra aggressive. But when I'm coming into the game, sometimes I may, may not be as aggressive or I may not be making strongest moves. And he'll say something to me and then I'll be back right in that mode again. Um, so it, it really helps me. So him to stay on me, just um, on the rebound, make sure I'm not getting lackadaisical with anything, making sure I'm not, I'm not getting lackadaisical with my with my moves and stuff like that. So I think that I think that really helps. Even though I don't like, I mean, I like it sometimes. He's always talking to me like, "Let me just hoop. Like I'm fine. I figure it out." Um, but him is like keeping keeping that pressure on me and letting me know like, "Hey, like, 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 let's go." Um, so I really appreciate that. All right, I got I got three more questions for you. So yeah. one being, um, you've you only had two double doubles through your first sixty eight games of your college career. And now you've had four in the last seven games that you guys have played this year. What would you say is the the biggest difference in kind of that that light switch coming on, if you will? Um, I think I think maybe like early on in my in my career, I think I was like, I don't know, like I'm a workout. Like I like I love to work out. Like I love to make we're working on my game, right? But so, I, sometimes I'm, before games, I find myself getting really nervous. Like praying, like I, even when I'm talking to people, I get really nervous. Like, like let's say public speak, I get really nervous. So I think maybe sometimes, like during like during the game, like I'm playing in front of a lot of people, I get I'll get nervous. Like I like I'll, I'll probably won't make a move. Like I, I'm 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 afraid to mess up. Basically, I'm, I'm afraid to mess up and stuff like that. Um, I was immature with, when it comes to that. Like I said, that, that was that was a mind that was a mindset thing. It's always been the mindset with me. It's never about can I shoot, can I dribble, put the ball on the floor. Can I finish around the room? Can I do this? And I always had all that. It was just about like the mental part of it. Um, so just about like going out there and just playing with confidence and not really worry about like what happens. Um, I think now it's like I'm older, I've gotten stronger, quicker. Um, I my I, I think the game a little bit differently. Like I'm more in a uh, a kill mindset. Um, making sure I take take taking what I want. Cause like honestly, I'm at a point where it's like I've been in college three years. Um, I've already done more years than I've already envisioned. Um, but that's just everyone has to, everyone runs their own race. So um, I just wanted to like for me to get for me to for us to be successful and for me to do what I need to do, I have to rebound at a high level, and that's that's just effort. Um, and just on the offense end, just making sure I'm I'm dominating my matchup. Um, and that's just really aspect for me. I want to be a first round draft pick, and for me to for me to do that, that's what I've been doing. That's what I have to do. And I also have another level I can take it to. And we also have to start winning games, too. And um, and that's just me knowing who I am, um, me knowing who, what type of player I am, knowing who I am and what I bring to the table. Um, I, I didn't really recognize that my freshman year. Um, I, I always thought I was just good, better than everyone. I'm just play the way I want. And so I find different ways to be effective. And I feel like I've done that now. And I don't feel like anyone can stop me. Now, so what is it like being a big man in today's game? Because once upon a time, you would have been the first, second, and third option on every trip down the floor. They'd be feeding the post, feeding the post. That's not the way the game is now. And sometimes I feel like uh, young guys, and this isn't, this, I'm not talking about U of L, I'm talking about the game in general now. Um, if somebody looks like they're guarding you just a little bit, they don't even think about the post anymore. It's just like <laughs> we tried to throw it in, but we couldn't. So let's jack this three up. So what is it like? Because obviously you you don't handle the ball and you can't just get your own shot. You know, uh, you can't initiate the offense yourself. What is it like kind of trying to demand the ball, but also, you know, understanding 
that the game is a little different now? Um, really just, I feel like maybe it's like cause and effect a little bit. Um, or also it started with your preparation and practice and your work, your teammates seeing that you're converting plays in practice, you're working on, you're working on the shots you, you want in the game. Um, and it's about like, first, like making winning plays in your mind, you know, having your mind shift to making winning plays, like rebounding at a high level, setting good screens. You set a good screen. Now to get your guard open, and your big has to help because his because his guy got hit, and then that'll leave you open. Um, setting good screens for your guard so they can get open, and then they reward you with like a pocket pass or something like that. Um, defending at a high level, you you defend, you get a couple stops in a row, you rebound, and then your guards want to show you some love, um, um, and, and um, give you the ball down low. But really, just about like them trusting you, um, making posting big, calling for the ball, and catching the ball, and not turning and not having the ball go out your hands. The guards don't want to get turnovers. Um, so really just ha having your guards and your players, your teammates trust you enough for them to throw you the ball. And if you're converting your your players, why would they not want to throw you the ball? Um, and you're not turning you're, you're not getting them turnovers whenever they throw the ball to you. Um, so I think I think all that all that plays hand in hand. So your your teammates play a play, play a really big role. And I'll let you go on this question. So after the Arkansas State loss, I felt like you were uh, pretty vocal in your support of Coach Payne. Take us inside the locker room. How how is it? And you guys obviously are still playing tough, you know, for him. Um, what is it the outside world doesn't know about Coach Payne and and why you guys are still uh, or how you guys are still fighting so hard uh, for him? Really, because I feel like he just took a chance on, on every single one of us. Um, for some of us, um, he's been like a, a second father. Um, he's that type of dude. Um, he cares about his players. He's a player's coach. He just wants us to reach our dreams. Um, he's putting us in front of the right people. He's having the right people come to our practices, come to games. Um, so he's setting, he's setting the table for us. He's setting, he's setting, he's doing all that. Um, it's just about us going out there and playing hard and fighting for our lives. Um, sometimes, I mean, we're, we're the ones out there, we're the ones controlling the game about wins and losses. If he's the one that takes the heat um, whenever we lose games, but we're the ones out there playing. Um, but him just like constantly saying like he's going to love us regardless, no matter if we play bad, he just wants us to play confident because um, he knows what it's like out there in the real world. And he doesn't want us to experience that. And he's just, I feel like he's doing everything in his power to make sure that we get there. Um, and he does it every day. He did our, he did our, our, our workouts this summer. And you don't really see that in the college. You don't really see head coaches doing 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 heading um heading workouts. It's usually the assistants or something like that. So him putting that time with us, putting that time in with me at night, um, with a lot of our players, um, has I feel like it's resonated with a lot of us. And that's why we can't just throw him under the bus like that or feel ill ill way towards him. Um he's just he's been the best version of himself he can be for us and for this city. And it's our it's it's on us for us to go out there and perform and for us to figure out how to how to get wins. But he's just been he's been more than a coach. Um, I think that's that's uh really really uh and he's really easy to talk to too. You can text him and stuff like that. He 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 he's really he's a really good guy. Um, so I think I think that really sums it up sums it all up. He's a really good guy. Um, no matter what. Indeed. Well, Brandon, I appreciate your time and good luck to you the rest of the way out. All right. Thank you. You too.
Now let's jump into some pickup lines. This isn't an exact science with college basketball. Maybe I should just change the games to Wednesday night games when the podcast comes out. But we're going to stick with Saturday games again uh, for this week. I might decide to change it later on, but we'll see how it goes. So last week, took UofL and eight points against NC State. Um, that was... Uh, based on the KenPalm.com projections of the score. 79-71 was the projection of the score. And I actually took NC State with with eight. And obviously, they did not cover. I lost that one. I took UK at Texas A&M. Ken Palm's projection, UofL was a one... I mean, UK was a one-point favorite. But in reality, when that game tipped off... Texas A&M was actually a two and a half point favorite. So I lost that game as well. <laughs> and uh, lastly, the national game I picked was Kansas and Oklahoma. Kansas was a four point favorite by Ken Palm. They ended up going off as a six and a half point favorite uh, by most Vegas lines. And I picked Kansas to cover and Kansas covered told you you can't you can't bet against Allen Fieldhouse but um, that still leaves me with a losing record at one and two from the projections last week so let's see if I can't uh, do a little bit better this week I'm looking at Saturday's games Louisville at Wake Forest the KenPalm.com projection is 84-68 Wake win so that would be Wake at minus 16 now, I, I got a hunch um, I'm developing here, and we'll see if it actually plays out that way. Um, uh, on paper, the stats don't necessarily vet this out, so it's it's just a hunch with not a whole lot to back it out, uh, back it up. But my eyes, the eye test, Louisville to me plays better on the road and, and in neutral sites this year so far we'll see if that flips based on the sound off i just had but uh right now i think they they seem to play loose when they're on the road i mean that's one of the reasons you can explain them winning at miami when they were down to seven scholarship players uh before trey white came back and the fact that trey white is back now i think obviously will help them at wake forest wake is playing a lot better than they were at the beginning of the year. They also had some uh, some players that uh, joined the team kind of midstream um, and uh, were, were clear for eligibility and, and one is uh, dealing with the injury situation. So uh, they could, uh, I could see this game getting away from Louisville and Wake running away with it, but I would take L and the points in this situation because I, I just think they're they're playing with a little bit more confidence they're playing at a higher clip and they seem to be doing okay on the road i, I mean i think they're gonna have a tough <laughs> a real tough game at north carolina uh wednesday night when the pod comes out just because carolina is playing as well as anybody right now in the country 
and definitely seem a cut above the rest of the ACC right now. But Wake Forest, I think, is is a different situation. So give me Louisville in that game. Uh, moving on to Kentucky against Georgia on Saturday. Projection has Kentucky as an 11-point favorite and an 85-74 winner. Georgia really has turned things around under Mike White um, this season. They started off 2-3. and three. They ran off 10 straight wins before they lost to Tennessee. Uh, but they'd only played two games on the road. Now, this week they play at South Carolina before they come to Lexington to play UK. But um, I just don't trust a team that hasn't been seasoned enough um, and they didn't really get out on the road and challenge themselves a lot in non-conference. And UK tends to play a lot better at home as well. So I'll lay the points. Give me UK to cover that 11-point spread. And lastly, the national battle. I'm looking at UConn moved up to number one in the polls this week. They traveled to face Villanova. Kimpom.com projection has... UConn winning that game 71-70, so that would make UConn a one-point favorite. Man, this one was a tough one because I really think UConn is a team that, I mean, they could repeat, man. They they are playing at a high level. They are, uh, you know, uh, offensively, I think they're as tough to defend as, as any team out there. Um, they might not be playing as well defensively as they did last season, but that could still come around. And Nova seems to be kind of up and down. The one thing about Nova I will say this year, they seem to get up for the big games and the big teams and the big situations, especially, I think, playing at home. I think the Wildcats will pull off this upset and also looking at the pattern that we established from last week in the top 10 teams falling on the road. Nova doesn't have a game during the week, so they've basically had a week off of games, and this is their only game on the calendar this week. So they've got it circled, they'll have it broken down, and I'm taking Nova to pull the upset. That will do it for Pickup Lines, and that will do it for another episode of the C.L. Brown Show. I truly thank you for tuning in. Please click on those subscribe buttons. Uh, and leave some positive comments if you feel so inclined. And of course, keep it positive because we need more love in this world. And if you don't, sit back, relax. We'll drop a new episode next Wednesday, wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.